And we're live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 113 of the Fans of Power podcast. I'm Tyler Baker, and with me as always is uh, the Rotten Amato himself, the king of customization, the the uh, VIP of MOC, the uh, tyrant of parts unknown since, you know, I'm trying to recover. Trying to get Apollo Creed to give me like Apollo Creed names, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, pretty much kind of run down the list. I, I, I don't have as much bravada or gravata, excuse me, as the as the referee or the, the ring announcer in Rocky IV. He's running down the Kang of Sting and Rocky. With the like, big mustache, the big old mustache, that guy yeah, you're talking about? Rocky three and Rocky four, yeah. That's what I was going for, but man, I really come off with an extremely monotone introduction for you. So my apologies, but by God, what I'm trying to say is Joe Amato is here with us here, as if people had who the man behind the mask is. There he goes. How's it going? Hey, let me just say hi to Tom Charlton in the chat room. Brad Collins, thanks for or thanks for joining us. I think it's the first time awesome. you might be joining us live. And we got JSP. JSP, he's always here. So appreciate you guys being here and uh Hope you enjoyed this show. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of different topics that we'll be doing, Tyler. First, um, well, first, let's just get a couple quick things out of the way. First, uh, as for, like, maybe some figures and things, I I know that a lot of people have been finding, I think, Moss Man, you know, like the Funko Pop Moss Man or whatever they are, a flock version at Toys R Us. Like, people have been finding like crazy. He's been available for a, a few weeks, but it just seems like more and more people are finding him in case people are looking for him. Also, Target, I think, has the exclusive uh, Faker Pop. I think it's a Pop and not a Dorbs, because, God, with the Dorbs and the Pops, I start forgetting which is which, but I think it's a, I think it's a Pop. And maybe if I'm wrong, somebody in the chat room will correct me, and also, hello, Jackie Miller in the chat room. But um, I'm trying, do you know which one it is, that Faker at, at uh, Target? Target this past Tuesday. I didn't see any any uh, Faker or any He-Man Pops, for that matter. So you got me. Yeah, I, yeah I'm trying to. I just can't remember. And also, Funko did announce there's these little things that they're called pint-sized heroes. They basically look like those kind of like little pops or other things, but they're super small and they said they're going to be making Masters of the Universe ones. And they showed like a big assortment of them that'll be coming out. And for people who don't know who or what those things are, like right here on my shirt, I have this, uh, I get this like Friday the 13th shirt for uh, Christmas. And this is a shirt that also came with a figure. It's, it's like it it almost looked like it came in the same type of packaging, if you will, for like a Funko thing, but it was big and square. And it came with this little exclusive Jason Voorhees in like kind of the, you know, the NES Friday the 13th colors. But it came with this little guy. This is what you'd call a pint-sized hero. So when they do the Masters of the Universe things, that's what these things will be like, are these little shits. And uh, yeah, the heads actually turn. I mean, it's, you know, not nothing groundbreaking. But it's cool because they're going to be cheaper in hell when they do come out. So, uh, yeah, this is what they announced. They'll be doing little uh, Masters of the Universe pint-sized heroes. So I didn't know if you even ever seen these Tylers, but that's what these no, little suckers are. I'm completely oblivious on a lot of a lot of current toy stuff and things like that. It's just um, I'm hell. Everything that you mentioned, for the most part, I mean, unless I, I happen to actually see the Moss Man stuff uh, pop up, but I that and. Baker and some of the other stuff. I'm like, hell, I have no idea, man. I, I I'm surprised. I, I just, I guess, I just it doesn't pop up for me to see, or um, I'm just missing it every turn. Or I don't check a whole lot of toy sites anymore. You know, I, I, I just don't see a whole lot of 
unless it's like San Diego and I'll check through some of the stuff. I mean, I'm so, so far removed from any new stuff. So that I'm, I'm glad you keep up with it. Cause I'm, yeah. I have no idea, man. I mean, it gets overwhelming with a amount of stuff. It's cool though, but that's what I mean. Sometimes I mix up the pops with the vinyls, with the with the, the dorbs. I mean, there's so many cool little things. But like I said, I just got a kick out of the shirt thing because I was like, oh man, if they do those little pint size hero from Masters Universe, I could picture like you know, like a He Man or a Skeletor shirt, something like this. You know, it's crazy little things that you get a kick out of. But just want to get those out of the way and also say hello to Captain Chronic in the chat room. Thank you for joining us. Also, but um, uh, the other not super topical it's not like we haven't heard it five thousand times but um they announced now <laughs> that it's 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 happening tyler you better get ready man because this time it's for real you better get ready they're gonna start shooting for the new masters of the universe movie this april i mean it's been confirmed man it's gonna happen i mean we've only heard things like this for 15 years basically but it's happening this time so get ready and believe me everybody out there I want it to happen. It'd be great, but I ain't holding my breath. When If they actually start showing and shooting in April, I'm going to get giddy. But eh, I try not to have high expectations so I don't get shot down, you know, as hard. So that's why I figure, oh, April, yeah, I, we've been hearing it a lot. But so did you hear that, Tyler? Did you hear the news? I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't bother to read people's comments. Because for the most part, a lot of people just will see this idiotic article and just buy it hook, line, and sinker without even realizing that there's no final script. No one's been cast. There, There is no big announcements concerning, well, just anything regarding the movie other than they decided they're going to announce shooting in... February, March, April. We're talking may, maybe three months with no big announcements as to who is that, that, that even a script has been finalized for this film. And of course, I didn't read the article. I just dismissed it very quickly. Maybe in, in all these articles that keep popping up that with, with like the most generic Google image of He-Man fan art that people can find attached to, you know, hey, they start shooting this neighborhood, guys. You better get ready, man. If you remember anything, He Man was that really goofy ass cartoon featured on, you know, the toys that made us. You know. <laughs> so, well, no, no, I'm sorry. I just missed this, just like, you know, uh, Tyler Perry movies in the bargain band at Walmart. You know, I could care less because there, there's there, no one's been cast. You're going to sit there and tell me that it is as idiotic as, as Sony is with their decisions. That they have announced a starting starting date of filming with no one no no one has been cast and no announcement that hey look the script's finished we are working on casting you know the major leads in this film nothing so unless all of a sudden Sony decides to start just grabbing random people whoever's available it doesn't matter whether they're right for the part or not you know and yet people are like oh man I told you guys it's happening hey hey Joe Joe. I'm telling. I'm, I'm take Joe Motto in this and see if he knows about this today. Did you see it, Joe? They announced it. And you know what? You know, I'll go, say it though. I'm like God, people. Does does anyone not realize that that you can't shoot a movie without people in the movie? No, and, but I will say. I mean, no. I honestly, I appreciate every time somebody does tag me about the movie because no, no, I'm know. not knocking people who are tagging Joe. I'm saying that people are so excited that they're not stopping. It's like, wait a second. Stop and think about what's just been announced here. You know, like they 
when they announced the Venom movie, is goofy. I can't believe I'm even saying that. At least they have announced that there was a lead in the film, but that was about it. I think they've announced one female uh, cast member in the film, and that's it. There's no announcement of a villain or anybody else for that matter, but by God, they've already started filming a Venom movie with no Spider-Man. So with a He-Man movie that's been announced with no cast of He-Man, Skeletor, Tila, Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, Merman, Triclops, Evelyn, no cast, you know, you really, you really think that that it, it looks good for a quality movie when there's a re- when there's a release date, a shooting date, and no one's been cast and no script has been finalized. Yeah, and for anybody out there that's you know hearing when we're you know Cal and I are saying this, trust me, it's not that we're down on wanting a movie to happen. It's just we've been used to this for like I said, it's been over 10, 11, 12 years. I mean, they really have at times said. It's being shot right now. They have a script. This company's doing it. This director's doing it. This person's producing it. And it's changed. It's been over 12 years. It just keeps happening over and over. So it's like we feel like we've lost the excitement. When you're getting hyped up thinking something's going to happen and it doesn't, you kind of lose that, you know, hopes of it's really happening. Would it be great if it happened? Sure. But I'm just, I don't, I'm not holding my breath. That's that's the thing. It's I'd love for it to happen. It's just like Brad Collins. He he uh, asked us a question today, which it's still, it's, it's a great question because he wanted to know if they were, if they were ever to get, you know, a Masters of the Universe movie. He said, would you want just one movie where maybe they just, bam, hit us with all the characters you could think of in one big epic movie or do it like trilogy style, like maybe a Lord of the Rings. And I mean, myself, I would, I mean, I'm sure I would hope that the movie could come It'd be super successful, and maybe we could get a good three-part movie, not whether they're connected or not, but three good epic Masters of the Universe movies. One time with Skeletor and his warriors, maybe bringing in the Snake Man, maybe parts of the Horde, and Skeletor still coming back at the end to finally show that still he's the big baddie of the entire universe. I mean, I would like something in a big three-part if it could happen, because I love the, you know, I love that question brad i mean it's a great question but uh yeah i just wouldn't want one movie i wouldn't want them to rush and shove every single awesome character because i don't feel like we get enough of them if you know what i mean like you know if like we had clawful and you had let's say real blast and snout spout and stratos and everybody you can think of i don't think we could get enough focus on seeing our favorite characters shine in just one movie I, I'm more about quality over quantity. Um, as much as I would love to see, you know, Clamp Champ and Cyclone and Mossman in, in a, a He-Man film and too bad and stuff, I would rather them make sure, you know, nail it down to Skeletor, Evil and Beastman and round it out probably with the, the with you know, the, the, the traditional Merman, Trapjaw and Triclops and cut it off there if you go that far with it. And then throw in a bunch of, you know, cannon fodder army builder of like, you know, skeleton warriors or skeletons or some sort of generic. Even hoverbots, maybe the robot knight. Just make it Skeletor and his crew traveling around in the collector wreaking havoc on Eternity and then keep it with He-Man, Man-at-Arms, Tila, Stratos, King and Queen. Rayman. And just and maybe random man if that you know is and I, I I always like mixing it up because I feel like every every time that you see He Man and Skeletor it's always the same heroes and villains represented all the time it's like God people can't we see too bad and, and Cyclone more instead of just Man at Arms and and Trap Jaw like formation style I, there's there's the vast universe out there and they just keep using the same damn characters but for a movie I would rather them focus on getting a select few of characters done, 
properly. So that way, yeah. if you nail Triclops, Trapjaw, and Stratos, all right, you've got them established, okay? Maybe have them show up for a brief, and, and make it one finite film, because look, how many episodes of He-Man were, were multi-parters, even, even at MYP? There may be continuity, but there wasn't a whole lot of two-parters. You can tell one single story of He-Man, of either an origin story or a story where we're already in the middle of this this big battle here, and then just maybe throw in hints at a backstory. But make it one movie where your only focus is tying up this story between He-Man and Skeletor. Do not kill off anybody and be, do something stupid and foolish like that for shock value. And make it one, and make make it sound like, look, if we can't get another one, let's make sure we make the best damn He-Man we possibly can. Because you can make multiple sequels. Because for God's sakes, Filmation NYP alone, every episode wraps up. Whether Skeletor comes up with the, the biggest plan to destroy uh, Attorney or capture Grayskull and gets his ass handed to him, he's right back. 24 hours later on your local TV station with another concoction to take over Grayskull this time. So there's no yeah, reason. You're right. Yeah, because you're right. There's a way that if we were to get other ones, they could find a way of like, you know, bringing back certain characters or just doing another story. But you're right. The one thing I wouldn't want them to do if, like you said, first you got to establish one great movie. Hopefully it's so epic and it does so well, then, then it warrants them thinking, you know what, we might have it hit here. Let's make another one and then possibly another. But don't at the end of the first one, leave it with some goofy open-ended thing, meaning let's say that they do that and the movie bombed at the theaters and they're like, you know what? We're not doing any more of these. Then you're always left with that, damn it, it had that ending where you thought there was going to be... I always hate that. I hate when something is left like a cliffhanger and then you never get anything after it. So you're right. Just have one good epic movie. It has its beginning, middle, and an ending, and that's it. And if it does great, make more. If it doesn't do, you know, fantastic... Well, hell, at least you had one great movie, hopefully. But, yeah, the open-ended stuff that's, that always freaks me out, especially when you don't have, you know, a lot of big power behind it. You know, you're still testing the waters. You're trying to bring Masters back to the fans and the world that people have forgot about or a new generation. So it's going to be tricky. But I'm sure, like I said, if it's ever done, hopefully just do it properly, make it a good quality movie. You hope it can be done. So you can only cross your fingers. But, yeah, when I hear the stuff about shooting in April, it's like I just – I just wait. I'm like, let's see what happens. April comes. If they say it, great. If it doesn't, hey, I didn't get let down because I wasn't really anticipating something. If you know what I mean. I just, I hate getting but, let down. Uh, let's just, for, for argument's sake, let's say they are sticking to this, which means they are going to half-ass the casting. You know, the pre-production takes time. You're, you're constantly checking with people's schedules. And, and I, you know, I'm just going by the behind-the-scenes stories I, I listen to and what have watched religiously on the pre-production, like what it, what it takes to go into getting a movie cast and who you're going to, who are you picking up for the special effects studio and who are you picking up for, for this and for that. It's a time consuming thing. And there has been virtually nothing. I mean, well, there, no, there has been nothing except David Goyer being announced as the writer and now director, which does not bode very well for a quality He-Man movie. You people can't really believe that this guy is going to deliver what all of us are sitting there you know, waiting and waiting and waiting, and we'll pace him back and forth like Scrooge McDuck in his thinking room on DuckTales, that we're finally going to get the the He-Man film that has the transformation sequence and Battle Cat and Orko, for all you people like to bitch about those same two things over again. Um, no matter what's done, like you said, you'll never be able to please everybody. You're right, no matter what they do. It's it's It just shows you that this is strictly not important to Sony 
and important to the powers that be at Sony and anybody that has anything to do with this this film property. That no, no one's concerned about, you know, look, we've got this property. Why can't we try, try and make it into a big tentpole summer blockbuster film or a holiday film because of what, what's in this? You know, we, we could really do something with this. And instead, you've probably got a bunch of studio execs who look at it and readily, like, what the hell is this? What the, I, I, we can't make a movie out of a, of a big blonde-haired guy running around fighting a, a guy in a, with a skull face and a big hairy henchman behind him. We, we can't do this. It's just... You just feel like you have no, everyone's everything's working against the fans for for this to be a successful movie. You have nothing in in favor that makes you feel like not only is it going to get done, but that we're actually going to be delivered something that you know what it may not be as epic as Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or even the attention getter of like the Harry Potter films, but something that's going to make He Man fans giddy, get goosebumps, get hard nipples, and you know, when the trailer lands on YouTube or on Facebook and Twitter, people are hitting repeat, 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 repeat over and over and over again because of how damn good this thing is going to look. It's just, I'm sorry, people. There's just nothing uh, exciting. There's there's nothing. There's, there's nothing to cling to that says that it's going to happen. And if it does happen, that we're all going to be going out to get pre-order tickets, you know. And, and, just, and that's the other thing to let people know. We usually don't sit here and ramble about this so-called movie all the time. Only time we do it is when there's news. Then, you know, when news pops up and we just basically want to cover, you know, what we've heard and what we think about it. And that's it. And we usually just move on because you're right. I mean, sometimes it could be dwelled upon so much. It seems like, God, this movie just makes your head explode. And that's why we don't like doing it. We only just, when there's some big so-called announcement, we give our two cents, then try to move past it. But yeah, so that's it. As for the movie, we just want to get that out of the way. But um, we're going to be going into some, like, character interpretations right now. And what led to this, I just had to bring this up. There's a Masters of the Universe fan out there. His name's Dan Rice. And him along with his sons, I mean, they're really into Masters of the Universe. And, well, what kind of started this was there was a post on uh, one of these pages where it showed uh, somebody was asking, who do you think would win between Merman and Leech? You know, just a fun little hypothetical. And then somebody posted a picture of Merman holding He-Man's power harness and standing above him, you know, from the Alcala mini-comic Battle in the Clouds. And yeah, they said... The, the Holy holy Grail and Holy Bible. Of right. Exactly. So they showed that and they said, that, that answers it all. At first, I just want to say hello um, to Louis Coronado because it might have been Louis. I can't remember if it was Louis or who it was. And also, wait, there was one other person in the chat room I want to say hey to. Uh, da Daniel Maynard, thank you for joining us. But... So I just, you know, I'm just joking. We never get into fights. It's just us giving razzing each other uh, in these uh, groups. And I said, all right. Well, I said, did you know what led up to that scene, though, of Merman holding that power harness and standing above, you know, He-Man? I was like, he didn't best him in battle. Just a few pages before, you seen He-Man sitting there flying, you know, one of the sky sleds. And the wind blew him off the sky sled. He fell down and he was knocked unconscious. And so Merman, seeing what happened, took advantage, came over to He-Man, and he picked up a rock, and He-Man was half-dazed, unconscious, getting up, and then Merman just threw the rock on his head just to knock him out again, and then he took it. I was like, so that's how I got it. And so then I was like razzing Dan Rice. I said something like, I was like, well, I said, if you noticed, I said, in a panel later, Stratos flew by and hit Merman with a flying headbutt, so look how great Stratos is. And I said, and I hate Stratos. I said, he sucks. He's never one of my favorite characters. He's like, oh, no, man, you didn't say that. He was like, my boy, he said, Philip, 
He said Philip loves Stratos. I believe it's it's Philip that loves Stratos. Yeah, I think he said Philip loves Stratos. And I said, well, I'm going to give him a little hard time on the show. I said, I ain't being mean, but I'll let you know. I said, this is where character interpretations come up. Stratos in the cartoon for me was so-so. Eh, I mean, he flew and was cool. He shot, you know, power out of his hands. I said, but as a toy, I said, Stratos, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm not trying to be mean. And sorry, Philip. I just hated the toy. I was like, eh, you could go like this, like he's flying. I said, Stratos was my least played with toy. It's like, I barely ever played with that figure. I said, I just hated Stratos. So it kind of led to other characters. Like he said, his one boy, Alex, loves Modulock. And I was like, there you go. I said, that's, I said, that's my dude there. I said, yeah, I got my Modulock mask. I was like, that's good taste. But he says his kids, they have an Xbox. I believe he says, like, they have an Xbox or video games. But he says, when they have the choice of doing something, he says they're usually almost 90% of the time they go right to the toys and play with Masters of the Universe and modern toys too. But he says they love playing and using their imaginations. I just loved hearing that because it's what we said one week about, God, you just don't hear about kids using their imaginations. They're usually playing video games. But Dan Rice's kids, he's like, you know, besides all of them doing that and his youngest is uh, Braxton too, you know, he'll play with, you know, some figures. But his older boys, they're doing some drawings and, and I was hoping to have some here for the show, but maybe next week I will. But it's got some talented young kids. I mean, they're nine, six, and four, I believe. But, you know, they were still doing some good drawings. But also I want to say congratulations to Dan Rice that him and uh, his uh, wife, Kimberly, they just welcomed uh, two, <laughs> two new twins of power. You might as well say he has twins of power. And that, yeah, Liam and Cole. So that's Liam and Cole are the newest... Uh, I guess, members of the family for Masters of the Universe, his family, our family, everything. So I just want to tell him congratulations on that. It's great that, you know, he's got some twins of power. But, uh, no, so it led to this. Like I said, it just came uh, down. Uh, Louis Coronado says he really loves Charles every time he showed up in the cartoon. And I just, oh, man, I just, I hated him. But you go ahead, start talking about some of yours. But Stratos, I can't help it. It's like, I just did not like that toy. And he barely thrilled me in the cartoon. You know, as someone who likes to sit there and provoke people to use their imagination, especially children with toys, and Stratos requires probably the most imagination of I, I get. action figures. Yeah. You know, you need your ass kicked for that. Don't I? I? I'd have given my left nut had I been given Stratos at, at my really young, impressionable age, because I could not find Stratos until I think I was in first grade, I think, at a yard sale in Pennsylvania. And he had nothing on him. It was just the figure, no harness, no wings, nothing. I was so happy to have that Stratos because I desperately wanted to have one of the, you know, many characters that, that featured were featured in filmation. And here you are dogging that character as if like, dude, I'm so much better than this toy here. And you just oh, like, you know throw it in the air and whatever. There's a guy I work with named uh, David Taylor. I got him in, uh, introduced to He Man. And I swear that is the only character that he he likes to in, in like continuously dog and sit there and say, Stratus isn't an episode, is he? I'll check it out, but Stratus isn't in, isn't in that episode, right? I'm like, God, man, sounds like a cool guy. Oh, he sounds sounds pretty cool. That's a cool dude. Yeah, Thomas said hi. That's all right. I'll, I'll have to you know share that, but I, I I just felt like you know, I mean, even when people like will slam Aquaman, like dude, you're talking about a guy who can control. The sea life in the in the oceans themselves. You're gonna sit sit there and say this guy sucks. So you can kiss my ass. So <laughs> you know, 
Stratos, you know, is Stratos and Buzz Off to have two winged warriors. I like Buzz Off. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, well, Buzz Off too, being a B person too. I, you know, it's it's they're, they're both cool. I mean, I, I mean, visually and and character wise, I I, I just felt like you know, I, I will say, uh, if we're talking interpretation, I like Filmation Stratos over NYP Stratos. Um. Uh, I just liked um, Lou Scheimer's voice, and I, I just liked the visual of Stratus and that, too. I you know what's for me? Unfortunately, sometimes, it was... I loved putting, you know, weapons in the characters' hands, like, when I would play with them. And when I was with Stratos, I mean, he, he had no weapons in his... But, I mean, it was like, I guess you could act like he's flying, but it's like, this is this is just getting old. I just didn't enjoy it. It's not like he had power like Superman flying. He's just like, yeah, you know, I was like... I just, I threw him off to this. I just got no enjoyment. It's a little terrible, right? You figured, hey, Joe, use your imagination. But I couldn't. Stratus just was so damn boring to me. So I had to let that out there. But hey, man, Philip, I mean, it's great that you love him. And like you said, you got T-Rex behind you. He's supporting you. But what, we can bury Joe six feet under and have Stratus come by and just drop a big poop on him as he flies by on Joe's <laughs> there. So... You you keep supporting Stratos because Stratos is a badass. He is a quintessential character to the mythology. No matter what people say about the character or certain characters, every He-Man character deserves to be standing amongst the ranks of the heroes and villains, except for King Grayskull and Decker. They suck. Um, but you're right. There's some that, you know, for toys could be really interesting in the cartoons. Like, so, so, like... Now, Mossman, like, let's just bring him up, for example. Of course, you know, that was a good gimmick of, of course, not only being a flocked toy, but it had a smell, he had a little bit of a weapon. But then when he came into, like, the Filmation cartoon, I just felt like I got nothing from no. him. Terrible. Yeah. That's what I meant. So there goes that interpretation that just, <clears throat> but then when it came to MYP, I was like, well, damn, you made Mossman cool when he came to MYP. It's, you know, it's weird how you get different versions or interpretations. Some are so cool and some, eh, but you never know. Some people like different things. Some people might have loved Filmation Mossman, but never got into Filmation Mossman. I mean, well, I, I almost feel like what Filmation, you know, bombed at doing, like, too bad, Cyclone, Mossman, Spike Orc. Well, we didn't get Spike or MYP. Count Morzo. Sorry for Filmation, Count Morzo fans. I can't stand the character, never have it. I never will, at least in Filmation. MYP goes through and makes Cyclone great, Mossman great, Too Bad great, Count Marza gives him one hell of an upgrade, you know, so, but then they take characters like Evil Ann and make her it's almost unbearable to watch as, as Tila. What, did, what didn't you like about Evil Ann? I've always been curious about that. What? What was it about Evil Ann and MYP you never liked? You said her voice, you think she was like over the top? Try to sound so snarky and, like, and not in a fun way. Like, I just... You know, or she would overact sometimes. Whereas, like Linda Gary captured like such great malice in in her version of Evil Lynn. The actress who, the voice actress who did Evil Lynn, I mean, they're, they're, I, I, I'm not going to sit there and reiterate some of the lines, but it's just it's stuff that even me, and my brother used to kind of make fun of because he's just like, God, she just kind of like, I don't know. At times, I felt she was kind of hammy, you know, like just not not to be taken seriously. Like like in the episode of Rise of the Snake Men. Or uh, part two, I think. Yeah, part two. Where after Skeletor and the evil evil warriors have been taken out, and they say the evil end is going to be honored for her, uh, you know, uh, betrayal of Skeletor. And she goes, I am to be honored. It's just like, God, lady, you know, crank, take it down a notch. You know, it's just like she was trying so hard. Like, 
aren't I evil? Listen how evil I am. You know, oh, I, I, I'm just so, you know, uh, well, evil, you know, so to speak. And not in a fun way. It was just obnoxious. Same thing with Teal. I didn't like, I didn't like either one of them. I, I just thought they were done so poorly. Whereas, and it's not a, oh, that's what I grew up on. So you must like the old stuff because your grandpa Tyler's sitting on your porch. It's like, no, it's not that at all. I just feel like it's, she, she captured that tone perfectly linda gary did she and she's doing both of them i don't know if the, if the actress who did tealy and evil and nyp is the same i have no idea never never bothered to look because i didn't like either one of them well it's like but, you said you didn't sit there you're not always choosing filmation because you just gave an example of where you said like count marzo you loved nyp's count, count marzo and count, hated filmation and i didn't see count marzo until high school when i got the entire series on bootleg and i sat and was like who the hell is this guy a shakespearean villain and I, I just I was like, I, I can't take this guy seriously. And, and, and it's John Irwin's doing uh, like this kind of very um, uh, aristocratic voice. And like, God, there's no way I can take this character seriously as, as, a, as, a, as a threatening villain on He-Man. But when I, I read the synopsis for Mechanex Lament, you know, years ago, when, when, two, when the 2000X cartoon was brand new, we were given the synopsis ahead of time. You saw what episode was going to be on. Like, Count Marzo. I'm like, and me and my brother were like, God, I bet I bet he's gonna look kind of cool in this, just because of what they've done with the upgrades for characters. And sure enough, we see it, and like me and my brother both like, God, man, Count Mars is a badass in this. They did, no, they did great with him. His amulet, he's got his two demon dogs, look like the dogs from Ghostbusters. Yeah, no, they did upgrade, you know, and Moss no, that yeah, under perfection. Yeah, you know? it was another great, like you said, there was some great upgrades, and I know that I'm usually the odd man out on the other choice, but a lot of people always bring up Evil Seed, and some people say that they loved the upgrade of Evil Seed, but I, I tell you, that's the one time I'm odd man out usually, because everybody likes that. I said, I can't help it. I said, I love the filmation Evil Seed. I said, it's such a strange, creepy depiction of this character. I mean, people could say, yes, it's an artichoke head, whatever they want to say, but that was such a unique, distinct Look, I mean, especially when he shows up and you always see him hooded, and then he reveals the face. But I mean, the powers he has, and yes, I know that Evil Seed gets his, you know, big upgrade of powers, of course, in MYP. But I felt like I've seen that type of look for that Evil Seed in MYP in other cartoons for other versions of characters. It just looked familiar to me. And I'm not saying it was copying anything, but for my eyes, I felt like, eh, I've kind of seen it. It doesn't really do nothing for me. But I'll take that creepy you know, like, you know, hiding in the shadows and then reveal himself, the artichoke moss man, I mean, evil seed. I'll take that version from Filmation any day. I, I know I'm odd man out, but I do like the Filmation evil seed more than MYP. I like both versions. I mean, I, I think there's room to embrace both of them. I, I think because Filmations was such a memorable character, there wouldn't be an evil seed in MYP if, if the Filmation evil seed was as popular as he was. You know, and to a certain extent, I guess in the Marzo, they felt like you know, I, I don't know if they thought he was popular enough. I don't, I didn't recall there being a humongous fanfare for him, you know, before in, you know the 2000X series, of course. But I mean, he was known by fans. I, I hated him, but you know, he was known by the fans. And um, oh, real quick, I just want to say, uh, Captain Chronic, thank you. He agrees. He loves Filmation Evil Seed. Also, Tom Charlton said Evelyn from MYP was hotter, so she wins. And uh, Louis Coronado, he brings up a good character. I know you love this character, Tyler, and it would have been great to see what MYP could have done with him. And that was Negator. He said Negator was badass, but he never got any love. But that would have been a great character. And to see Negator and the Nerbs 
in, in his uh, maze and all that. Oh man, that'd have been super bad. Getting the like, charge from the nerves too, over like, like a, a a white ponytail. You know, just just very snarky and you know cocky and uh, just just looks like a formidable badass, like from a from a, a physical standpoint, but also very smart. And you know, almost you could probably think of like Khan, like you know, um, or Ricardo Montalban in Wrath of Khan. You know, that's the yeah. kind of someone who's very cocky and cold and calculating. You know, very smart and intelligent. You know, I, I figured Negator is. You know, oh, that of course I like game plan. I love Negator in in in, uh, in filmation. So that that would have been um, a fantastic uh, addition to it. Still can't uh, believe he hasn't came out in figure form. You know, I, I'm surprised that he has. No, open to God that you know it, it. It seems so. I mean, there's so many one shot villains like Azrog and Spider and Negator that I, I I almost feel like there's there's not not so much of a fan following for those characters that Super Seven is going to take notice of it from a pole or they're aware of their, their presence in, in the filmation cartoon, you know, like for the filmation sub or even part of the classics villains, you know, which I would much prefer to see classic eyes villains uh, or versions of uh, Azrock Spider and Negator in the nerves. But if Better. I had to have filmation only, I'd be more than happy to have filmation of all this and have the nerves sitting right here on my filmation shelf. <laughs> Those would be cool. And I heard you starting to say too bad, which figure, Awesome, yes. filmation terrible. NYP freaking awesome. As for yeah. too bad for me, yeah. Yeah, they, I, 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 I always to this day still go towards the the filmation or not filmation. NYP's Larry Detelio's depiction of the origin story of Too Bad. There's, it's like two bounty hunters merged together for punishment, and now they're stuck like that. I I like that idea. I like the idea that as that as wrong. Tuvar and Badra are very intelligent, playing off the whole, like, original idea that Too Bad was a strategist, strategist, excuse me, which means he's supposed to be an intelligent villain. You've got two heads, two heads better than one. They can come up with the best best uh, uh, plan of action for Skeletor's plan to steal the Diamond Ray Disappearance a third time or something like that. Whatever the case may be, but at least makes Too Bad intelligent and form- formidable, formidable foe, as opposed to Formation depicting him as a slub with with really bad. I just voice. hated. God, I hated. Man. Yeah, I hated everything. Like you said, from the voice to the blue head. You know where he just got a small voice. You know, it was just too goofy. It was too simple minded. It just played down that character because boy, but they made him too. You know, cotton candy, too bubble gum in the face. There was nothing yeah. threatening to go from an action figure that looks so damn wicked itself and from the card back art and any other interpretation you can think of him. But just to think of that figure, how evil it looks. I mean, hell in his name too bad. It's like, Oh my God, this is going to be one bad character. And yes, I know that filmation did bubble gum up the cartoon. A lot of characters, but it's like, man, he just got it way too bad. Him and of course, spike or cause they can't have this, you know, vicious looking spike character be that frightening in the cartoon. They turned him into a, just an absolute oaf with that voice and, Oh, another character that just God just got just the horrible treatment. And if we could only had Spike or an MYP and like in the chat room, Daniel Maynard, I mean, he was like, what would have been like if you could have seen Lord Mask and Shikoti? Oh my God, an MYP? I would have lost my mind, I think. Because you know, when Larry DeTello said he wanted to bring them into MYP, and they're like, no, no, we don't, we don't need your idea. I mean, it's just like, God, man, you know, no, we, we got, we got, our own original ideas of King Grayskull, you know, and other, 
you know, wonderful ideas to the and additions to the mythology. We don't need what you brought that was that still really popular and resonates with fans today. You know, it's just like God. What were you thinking? You know, with you know all these mistakes they made with. Well, we'll, we'll get into that when we do like a a, a full on MYP discussion. Which no, but when you think, like you said, if they brought characters that like Count Marzo from Filmation, usually wasn't one of the most talked about characters I didn't think but for him to be brought and get but, well well known enough that you kind of well, felt like but that's what like, I mean but for him to get the MYP treatment but then Shakota I, I gotta adjust something just keep, I can still hear you keep going okay but for them not to give us Shakoti and Lord Mask I mean they're the ones that are involved with a the only part two episode in Masters of the Universe history. And that one was so remembered and so iconic and one of the spookiest episodes you could think of. So for those characters to, like you said, kind of get thought like, oh, we wouldn't want them. Like, you wouldn't want them? Who doesn't want them? Everybody knows Shikoti. I mean, especially for even being mocked, like they said, Shapoopy, Shibuti, sh- you know, Shishimi. You know, she gets all the crazy name treatments, but... uh. Everybody knows Shakoti and everybody knows Lord Mask. They're two very wicked and memorable characters from the memorable two-parter. So when you say that, when you said that they were like they weren't into bringing them into MYP, that just that blows my mind. I just I couldn't picture why they wouldn't want to bring them in. Almost as if like they just felt like we don't have enough episodes. It, it could be budgetary reasons, but almost felt like you know there were so many like filler episodes that went nowhere that are not fondly remembered that they could have allowed Larry to bring in Granamere, Shakoti, mask and do a, a two part or even a single episode where it's mask and Shakoti have been released from this tomb and they're uh, getting ready to, or they've been released from uh, deep, deep within the uh, uh, lower catacombs of, of, uh, of the faceless ones uh, tomb or his pyramid. Or so, so, I don't know. They could come up with something. How great would they have been for reoccurring characters to see them popping up more than uh, once? I, I to see them. I, I would love to have seen them as as like kind of like a, a a couple, so to speak. You know. Yeah. I mean, much kind of like what's hinted at, but um, a, a completely missed opportunity when you see some of the original stuff they brought up for NYP. They're like, God, man, that sucked. Why did they do that? You know, or all these throwaway characters that mean nothing and. You know, that you, you, you've brought characters like Evil Seed and Marzo in, but you're not going to allow all these, you know, the, the two most popular one-shot villains um, that were not evil warriors, so to speak. You know, it just it just didn't make any sense. But, God, they, they, they would have looked, and if, I, I'm quite sure, because Larry would have been the one writing the story, that we would have gotten one hell of a, an interpretation of Lord Mask and Chakotay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it, it just sucks we didn't get them. But again, there are so many characters that we could bring up. Like I said, this character discussion interpretation, this is something we can always pump in in you know, every other episode, every third episode, wherever you'd want. We can always bring this up for everybody. But uh, we'll probably transition here in a couple minutes into our discussion on uh, Snake Pit. But before that, I wanted to try something new to try to stump Tyler and also you, everybody in the chat room. You know, you can see what I'm doing too and see if you can figure it out. And of course, those that are just listening, I can at least describe, but I wanted to do a version of Masters of the Universe uh, Hangman. Now, I'm holding up here and I just want to make sure that it does show up. I'm, I'm uh, about a five second, 10 second delay. So I got to see that 
on the screen that I'm watching that this does pop up and I'm, can you see everything, Tyler, the whole piece of paper? One, one second here. I'm, I'm still trying to adjust something here. Okay. Because I, I got my, hopefully you can see mine here in a second too. All right. Well, as long as you can see mine, I'll let everybody know out there that this is a Masters of the Universe character. It's a character. Okay. Oh. Okay. Sorry, sorry about this, people. If you're That's watching fine. This, you're fine. You're all right. Apologize. Yes, I can see yours good. All right. It is, it's a character, and uh, it's two-part name, four letters in the first part of the name, three letters in the second part. So you got to start giving me letters. If you got one, I'll put it in there. And if you're wrong, I'll start making the hangman. So what letter do you have, Tyler? B. B? Yeah. As, as in boy? Yes. Nope. Let me put us mm. ahead on there. All right. All right. I got a head on there. So go ahead. Another letter. All right. Um, M. M is in Michael? Yes. Nope. You bastard. There comes the body. All right. You got two arms and two legs left. You better start getting some letters. T. T is in T-Rex. Uh, nope. Here's your first arm. All right. Go a. ahead. A. Yes, you got an A. All right. There you go. That might help you out. GSP in the chat e. room. Wait, what'd you say? E. E? Yes, there is an E. You got an E. Yeah. All right, there you go. Okay. Um... Well, you're doing pretty good so far. You got the letter A is on the last, I mean, is on the first part of the four letters in the first name, and you got the E in the middle of the three letters of the second part of the name. All right, R. Yes! Oh, man, he's going to get it now. So, God, I was hoping you wouldn't get that, because now you're going to get it, damn it. Go ahead, you know what it is. Something red. Well, if you want another letter, say it. D. Nope, no D. Here's your next arm. Okay, well. You got two, two legs. You got to get it for those two legs or you're done. I, I, I can't believe I'm drawing such a blank here on this one. Um. <laughs> we have guesses of Moss Man. We got guesses of Evil Lynn in the chat room. But <laughs> no. That is not those. Um... um I'm going to say, oh. Nope, no, oh. Oh, you're one leg away from being hangmaned out. <sighs> I think you'll get it. I think you're going to get it. You keep saying that. You will this time. I guarantee it. He's still trying, people. I'll just talk while he's uh, trying to figure out a letter. I didn't want to have any dead spaces silent. <laughs> Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren's sister. Shut up, Tom Charlton. <laughs> Somebody, what a nutcase. Oh. 
<laughs> he's he's still trying. He's 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 still trying, people. He's just looking for those who are just listening to us. That was just he's looking around. He's he's trying to figure out another letter. He looks a little perplexed. I know he's probably gonna want to uh choke me through the screen after uh he gets the name of this character. I know <laughs> you know I always have to M. Did you say M? Yes. You already said M earlier, so I'll let you do another letter. I thought I said N. Nope. You, oh, I thought you said M. So do you want to say N or no? I'll say N. Nope. There it is, Hangman. Okay, I'm going to write this out. Tyler, don't you get mad either. Do not get mad. I figured you'd know because of my obsession of this character that I've brought up a whole lot. People in the chat room are going to hate this too, but here we go. It's Zuvarex. <laughs> you know my leopards. Dude, who the hell is that? Remember the that's the dinosaur creature from from the game I showed you years ago. I always post Zuvarex on Facebook. Why, why, why the hell would you sit there and keep saying, I think you're going to get it. You know you're going to get it. I thought you remember. No, and I don't feel ashamed that I didn't get that. I thought you remember my obsession on this character, no. Zuvarex. Yeah, okay. So you mentioned it as some random episode from like 30 episodes ago, and somehow I'm supposed to be convinced, oh, God, Joe, you got a phone of a made-up character in the magazine. I'm sorry. I was for sure you okay. I'm no. sorry. No, I would not remember that. I had to do it. I feel trapped memory, but not for things I'm like, who? What? We got people in the chat room saying, Zuma Rex? What? And Ivan, thank you for joining us. I have to Google this. I know Jackie Miller. Sorry about that. Okay, now Tyler's going to... He's got one for me. He's probably going to hate me now. All right. Um, well, could, could you raise it up just a little bit? Because the thing at the bottom... Is, okay, it's one, two, three. So it's it's a three-word name of a character? Uh, well, or is this a place or vehicle or character? Well, it's it's character-related, yes. Oh, it is a character. Okay. Um, I will say in an E. Oh, Joe's got a head here. Damn it! How can I have a head already? Well, don't worry, Joe. I'm sure you know who they are. You know, you, you, you <laughs> pop, like, popping boners over these characters all the time. <laughs> Smart ass. Okay, give me a. There's got to be an A. There's got to be an A is in a motto. Yes, there is an A. Okay. Have to see what where that A's at. Oh, there's a couple A's there. Um, I should. How the hell do I know this? Uh, uh, uh an L. Oh, Joe's got a body here. Damn it! Uh, one second. All right, let me uh, see if it's, um, how about a, an N as in, uh, no. You have one N. Okay, I got an N, all right. How you doing, Ghost Freak? I see you in the chat room. Okay, uh, oh, no wonder why when I'm looking at it here, it's backwards. I got to look at it on the screen when it comes up here. Okay, you leave it up there because when you're holding it up, the the puzzle is backwards. But when it shows up here at the bottom, I can see it. 
in the correct order. So I'll just wait for it to for a second to pop up. That's that's why I was a little thrown off. Just say something, Tyler, so it'll pop up on the screen. All right, come on here, people. Come on, come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. You know this one, Joe. Come on, Joe. Uh, D. Oh, D. D is in dork. Yes, one D. All right, because I figured that's and. Uh, two D. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, it, I don't know if I said it. Oh no, shoot! I shouldn't say. It. Um, it in in an I as in I. No, no I. You got a you got one arm, Joe. Why am I screwing up on this so bad? Um. Oh wait, I got it. It's Azrog and Spydra. Yeah, see, I went for something that you know people are, are aware of, not some sort of made-up character from a, a European, you know, bathroom uh, pamphlet. You know. Okay, we hold that for everybody. Just stay right there. I have this by me, so people don't think I'm insane. But hold on. Um, just keep talking, Tyler. Yes, it was Azrog and Spydra. So. I decided to keep it within the realms of reality here and not... Okay. All right. For people, no, no one else on this planet is... All right. So for people who are hating me, there's this Masters of the Universe role-playing game. See what we did now? We're going to kill time talking about... Joe did this purpose so we can kill the media no, discussion. I, I so did can, not. Look what I got on eBay here, people. No. So I've had this game for... Well, since I was a kid. But there's this character that is... Right here, I'll try to get it close. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but there's this character named Zuva Rex that looks like a kind of a dinosaur type creature. He's got this like spiked tail. He's real ugly and uh, he's in the instruction book. I mean, he's in here, but that's the character I'm talking about is Zuva Rex, that dinosaur. So there, I mean, people do know him. He's known, right? Everybody in the chat room. Yep. See, they all said they know. <clears throat> Actually, they didn't. But uh. Yeah, so I had to bring that up. And it comes with this really cool, it's an exclusive, it's a comic book slash instruction guide that, uh, I mean, it has uh, how to play the game, but it's an actual comic book too. It's cool. It's all black and white, but it's kind of something unique that was just for that game. So, of course, Zuba Rex looks a little different in the actual comic book when they're showing a character guide or just, you know, description. He looks like, uh, well, he looks like this this fire demon where my finger's at right here. He looks like some kind of weird kind of crazy fire demon. I don't know why they de depicted him like that in the rule book, but as for the game tokens that you play on the board, he looks like a dinosaur. So, ah, here we go. So, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had to do that. But next week, I will not do something super obscure. The next time I do it, I will not do that. I'll pick somebody that's uh, uh, more known that people would know. So, yeah. have to be no, but for God's sake, man, we're talking about a role-playing game that, you know, I, I'm quite quite safe in saying the vast majority of the He-Man fan community, including myself, has never heard of such a character. It's not that memorable when you brought the character up so many eons ago. Oh, that was for sure. I was hoping somebody knows it. No got me here, whereas I provided something a little bit more fun. I'm going to. Next week, I'll play it normal, though. I swear. I'll, I'll get it pretty normal, and everybody in the chat room knows Someone found like a, a, a Spanish uh, uh, 
translation book and, and somehow there's like a, a goof in the background. There's like an insect character standing in the background. He's been given the name, you know, Termitor. <laughs> Ghost, Ghost Freak in the chat room said, well, he's a fire dinosaur demon. Yeah, I guess you just throw them all together. He's a whole bunch of crap. So well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I had to do a little uh, crazy uh, stump entertainment. And uh, yeah, Joe did that on purpose. I figured that it might be uh, super obscure, but I had to do it. So, well, Tyler, <laughs> go ahead. We can move into our discussion now of a really good MYP episode. So go ahead, you bring it up, and we'll bring our thoughts up on this, which I'm sure hopefully most people in the chat room maybe have watched this episode. Yeah, our, our big focus here is talking from the Season 1 MYP episode, The Snake Pit, um, which depicted Cobra Khan and Zodak in their new um, upgraded versions with new uh, kind of interpretations visually and um, um, story-wise as well. Um, we're given a black Zodak with tattoos and a different backstory with him. Cobra Khan is a pro snake man through and through and just kind of a temporary evil warrior for Skeletor. And um, it's uh, and we get Ratlor de depicted a, a hell of a lot better than he was given in Filmation. Um, this was a brain explosion, though, for fans that you know are wanting to see a lot of their characters. This, this, this is this is one of the biggest reasons why the island, which features Decker, made me so mad. Is that when this episode aired, it was it was just a mind blower. It was like, oh my god, we've got Zodak, Ratlor, uh, uh, Cobra Khan hints at the Snake Man with King Hiss. It was just like, how how? Oh my god, this is incredible. And not and only that, following Saturday. No, I was going to say, not only all those characters, but the one that hit me beyond hitting all the ones you just mentioned, when Webstore made his little cameo, I lost it. I lost it. I was like, God, how much stuff are they going to stuff in our faces? Not to mention, you know, the quick little, I guess, look, you know, King Hiss in the background in darkness. Just everything yeah. that was just, it was just it too was, much. And then I, and then, which I didn't find out till after, after the episode aired that Oedipus or what the little creature in the jail cell... Yeah. Would become Stinkor, which I looked at. I, I didn't see it until like people were posting on forums. Hey, did you guys know that was Stinkor? Look at his eyes. I'm like, really? That's yeah. Stinkor? And I, was like, I, I took it as like, okay, well, I was like, okay, maybe it is. I don't know. And then sure enough, the episode comes along. Yes, it was. So, but um, there, there was so, so many epic things happening in this episode. Like some of it was first time, some of it was done properly or, or just completely done differently. It was in a much enjoyable manner. It was such a high that episode when it aired because of all the stuff going on in it. So it was it was interesting to see Zodak's uh, updated version where um, yeah, not so much a cosmic enforcer, but just kind of a great kind of Yoda like warrior, so to speak. But not 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 so much Yoda in his way of thinking. You know, very um, uh self-centered so to speak you know he's he's not really about working with others for this you know it's at least for the most part but he felt really eternal about him because you know knowing how long he's been around and he was back around the time of you know like uh you know with king hiss and all of them before him and the elders you know banished all the snake men to the void you know it was it was cool seeing just how ancient and wondering how powerful this man really is and how he's high up in these mountains they had to make such a trek to he's go there like ancient warrior so to speak yeah, like, yeah. like the great warrior of, of the elders like he is the one that they would call on to handle like the, the greatest 
greatest threats of all, you know. So Yeah, I mean, he's in such a far-off place that not even the Wind Raider, which another thing dropped. It's like, cool, hey, there's the Wind Raider, which we never got the Wind Raider in MYP toy form. I mean, in, you know, toy form, but they couldn't even take the Wind Raider anymore because the winds and the snow was so much that they had to, you know, trek by foot then, which was, you know, Prince Adam, Man-at-Arms, and Tila. So it's just, it was it was a hell of a trek to get there from the Sorcerer's Realm to find Zodak to seek him out, you know, for his help. Because how it started off, you seeing that that little kind of lizard creature is what helped break uh, Cobra Khan out of his jail cell. You know, he was stuck in there, but he was able to get the keys, get it to Cobra Khan, and then, of course, you got to see Cobra Khan do his thing, which was great to finally see him, you know, in action, which led to everything else. Yeah, he, he was another very well done, up, uh, upgraded uh, character, and... Um... You know, it was it was I was kind of bummed to see him be uh, more of a Snake Man supporter as opposed to someone who's joining up with the evil warriors, because to me, Cobra Khan is a member of Skeletor's crew, not a Snake Man. So in that part, I, that was my only nitpick about the character is that he is a Snake Man supporter through and through. Um, I, I just don't see him like that. But for the show, I guess it was fine. But it, it was it was awesome to because I, I it, it was shocking to I, you just didn't expect to see. Um, I mean it was it was it was interesting story wise to go this way by releasing Ratlore and having them kind of be a duo and set them up for season two to release the Snake Man, but throwing all these hints of King Hiss and you're like wondering. My biggest question was, are they going to show the rest of the Snake Man? Like, are we going to see mm-hmm. Tongue Lash? Like, biggest thing is, like, are we actually going to see Squeeze and Snake Face? Yeah, point? and they sure made you wait, you know. Yeah, because oh. there were characters that I've always loved. I mean, I love Squeeze. Right, because when you get yeah. to see the Warriors come out, so it was, you know, the big fight inside the 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 the, the void, I guess, uh, um, room, so to speak, in Snake Mountain, deep, deep in the catacombs of Snake Mountain, where you get the void and for them to have released Rattler when he comes out and tears part of his dead skin off. Yeah, like shed some of that skin, yeah. And Jamie... This was the best version of Rattler throughout the entire season. Like, his voice was spot-on perfect, and they they never got it right after this episode. It it changed, just like with Beastman. Yeah. And um, when he comes out and he grabs Zodak with his tail and lifts his face up and says, Zodak, you know, just the way he says it, it's very menacing, and when he says, I will feed you to King Hiss myself, Zodak, just like uh, your brother. And it was just, God, he sounds so cool. And it was awesome to get to see Rattler use his head striking. You know, He did it quite a bit, too. You're right. He was doing that a lot where he's doing the head strike. At first, I want to say hello to Jamie V in the chat room. Thanks for joining us. But, uh, no, what was cool about this episode, I mean, like you said, so many of the things that was going on. But, you know, like... Cobra Khan, you know, it's you don't ever want to overthink things. Like, I wonder how it happened, but he on his belt buckle, he had that kind of like amulet that basically, you know, opens the void. You could say, how did he get it? Well, you know what? Throughout the hundreds of years, just I'm sure there was a way he acquired it. You leave it at that. You don't need to think beyond that. But when they go to find Zodak and ask him for his help, he wants to take care of this because King Hiss ate his brother, you know, so it's like he's wanting revenge. He wants to make sure that definitely King Hiss, none of them get out of this. Since when you set this up with Zodak and then season two, we need to find a reason to get the snake man out. So we're going to set Zodak out to actually let them defeat him so we can take the staff and, and, and let them. It just seems so silly. He's trying yeah. to stop. Because- Story-wise, 
no sense, and that's why Rise of the Snake Man sucks in season two. So yeah, well, yeah, because well, like in this one, you see he wants to go out and do it himself. He doesn't want help, but obviously, you know, well, man, stop him from getting out. Whereas in season two, he's, you know, he was like, you let them uh, uh, beat you up so you could let King Hiss out. Like that makes no sense. No, no, it's true. No, the biggest dumbass in season two. True, true. But for in this episode, though, yeah, they all definitely know they got to follow him because he's probably going to need help. And when he makes, I'll admit, when Zodak made his entrance into Snake Mountain, busting yeah. through, I just like how all the evil warriors are standing there almost like, what the hell is going on? And he's walking all right past them and up to Skeletor and then, you know, makes his threat. And then they all kind of laugh at him. And then Evelyn, you know, takes her, you know, he, she does one of her rhyming things with her rhyming spells about yeah. sticking to a wall. And then he uses his staff to deflect and knocks all of the evil warriors, including Skeletor, onto that wall, and then they're stuck. And eventually Skeletor gets down after, you know, using his power to get the Havoc staff. But it shows, wow, how bad is this Zodak? But then when he has his battle with Cobra Khan, Cobra Khan bests Zodak. I mean, he basically, you see, defeats him. You know, when they're engaged in their battle, Cobra Khan got the best of him. He did, did that acid out of, you know, his hood, which dissolves Zodak's mask and screwed it up his... very cool. It was... It was... Such an exciting moment to see them bring back the Cobra Hood from Filmation, and instead of mist, he spits acid out. It was like, yeah, oh. and that was awesome to see. That's what I mean. Oh. So it's yeah, it was cool to see his different abilities now. Because like you said, he's melting that. You know, he melts his helmet. He screws up his eyes. I mean, he's basically he did take care of them. And another kind of cool thing that you can see maybe from Cobra Khan is when they were going to try to get to that amulet to like you know close the void. He sat there and he shot out some more stuff that covered over like the 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 contraption to where the yeah. amulet was, and then Zodak tried to use his staff to bust through and couldn't. It's so strong, whatever crap he shot out of his hood was so strong that Zodak couldn't even penetrate it. And then He Man had to use his sword. It took both of them to penetrate to try to activate to close that void. But I don't know if you realize, I was like. Damn, they really portrayed Cobra Khan as a, a quite formidable opponent. You know, I mean, he wasn't just some like little weakling that was getting kicked to the side. You know, he took it to Zodak, who basically Zodak is supposed to be, you know, you'd think one of the super all powerful in this episode, especially how he dismissed all the evil warriors. And then Cobra Khan was able to take it to Zodak. I found that kind of cool. I like seeing Cobra Khan show that, you know, he could be, you know, a badass warrior. Yeah, yeah, they, they do a good job of building him up because he's not necessarily defeated. They, they, they take off after, you know, he and Zodak get back out of the void. Of course, Skeletor shows up, and Cobra Khan does fear Skeletor in that sense, so it's not like, you know, Cobra Khan is, you know, impervious to any kind of threat. He realizes, like, oh, you know, shit, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, because first he was trying to, like, tell Skeletor he was working. And when he mouths off and says that, you know, we're going to release King Hiss, and Skeletor's like, really? And and Uh that's when Overcon looks like, oh my god, what have I done? You know, yeah, like uh, he knows now. Yeah, so he he's not not completely uh, impervious, but you don't want to build up what is supposed to be a, you know, one one of the one of the evil warriors slash snake men to be more powerful than Skeletor. It, it would wouldn't make much sense. Although you've got Zodak coming in, taking all them out, and then you, it's it's all over the place, but you know what? You start to overthinking it. You, you take all the fun out of it. It's it's great to see all these characters because everybody, Zodak, He-Man, Skeletor, Cobra Khan, Ratlor, they all get great moments in you know in the action sequences and and how they're portrayed in, as as uh, as their new upgraded characters. 
So you, it, and it's an exciting moment for me when I saw it to see He-Man confront the Snake Man for the first time. You know, it, when he comes crashing down and, and the Snake Man turn and look, and you're like, oh my God, this, this is a big moment. This is He-Man meeting the Snake Man for the first, not King Hiss, but Ratlore and the Snake Man army. And like, to me, this, this, is, this is just as important as He-Man meeting Hordak for the first time. That, that's, yeah, that's a moment. So when, when he comes, and I, whenever I watch that episode, and they all stop and look, and the music kicks in. You're like, oh, man, this is a big moment here. And He-Man so, meeting Obercon for the first time. and That's what I like, because you're right. When he finally shows up, and then he has this battle, and he's, like, after Cobra Khan, and they jump from one spot to another and go onto that one pillar. And then when Cobra Khan gets on that part and is almost light, and here comes He-Man, suddenly a blast, you're like, what happened? And that's when Skeletor returned. You know, he showed up, and he knocked. He-Man all the way down into the void to where he was down on the ground, like almost out. Zodak had to go down there and try to help him because when he came down there, I believe all those snake warriors picked up He-Man and were dragging him going towards King Hiss. But then Zodak shows up to kind of help because, yeah, you're thinking, oh, Jesus, what could happen to He-Man here? So it was like more, I think, of just showing all these cool different characters and things going on because He-Man didn't get to really have his normal time to shine. He did do some stuff, but it wasn't the typical episode where you see He-Man really kicking butt no, through the whole thing. Up things to come. And, and that's what this episode does such a great job of doing. It sells you on the threat of the Snake Man coming. It sells you on Zodak's um, purpose in all of this. You 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 can't wait to see more of this, you know, especially when you were given hints at Stinkor and Web Store. You just like, oh my God, we got so many great things coming our way. We don't know when they're going to show up or how they're going to show up, but they are coming. So, which, you know, some of the stuff that does show up, you may be disappointed with some of it. Maybe you loved all of it. I have no idea. I can't tell you, though, Tyler, real quick. I can't tell you the amount of times because I recorded and I still have all those episodes on VHS. Still got them all on tape as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've around just to watch Web Store. I just lost my mind when I see it. I was like, that was Web Store. And after I was done with the episode, I go back to see him and he's like, oh, damn, when's he coming? When's he coming? I just. I, well, it's, I, I really thought of like, oh my God, are they going to team up Web Store and Cobra Con just like Filmation? I, I mean, I, I was just like, oh, I, I, I just, I was, I, I was beside myself. I could not. I'm like, they are. They're going to team up. It's going to be great. And then you don't see Web Store, you know, until Council of Evil in season two. At least here in America, I know in Canada they got Council of Evil Part One and Two, whereas whereas in the states we we weren't given Council of Evil till season two. Um, but um, and of course but, you said yeah we never got the classic team up with those two because now since Cobra uh, Con is more of the Snake Man yeah those two versions of Cobra Con and Web Store teaming up again just like old times but um, the Snake Pit to me is definitely one of the high marks of, of the NYP series for both season one and two because it, it got a lot of good stuff right. It, it had a lot of great um, um, introductions uh, for characters that were being brought into this this new uh, mythology and universe. And, um, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, like, God, they, they, they missed the mark with the Snake Men in general. They have a few good moments overall. I think it was a big fail. And, and this this episode sets the Snake Men up as, I mean, epic as hell. This was going to be, or what should have been, I mean, a major ass kicker of a story arc. And it, it wasn't. It, it just fell flat. Like, like, like with wrestling, it was a great introduction to this great new heel. And you're building them up. And and then you get John Cena comes in and squashes him real quick. And you're like, okay, well, there goes that program. Now what do we do for the next three months? 
He's like somebody. always drinking up that. And here comes John Cena. Every time, here comes John Cena. Here he comes in and does like does this to King Hiss and gives him the F five and you know. <laughs> Hey, well, the great big heel that's going to go all the way to WrestleMania from the Rumble has just been squashed on Raw for free. So what are we going to do to build to WrestleMania? I don't know. We'll just have him wrestle for free, and we'll we'll keep redoing the same match. It'll be great. Right. Oh, Jesus. So, no, so this, yeah, for those who maybe have never seen this episode, yes, yeah, Snake Pit is just, I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic episode, like, full of so many different characters, great moments, good action, but... Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of just anything in general, you're just going to love it. Because like you said, you were just given so much. So if you've never seen it, watch it. If you've seen it before and haven't seen it in a while, YouTube it. I mean, it's on YouTube. You can definitely still see this. Just a great episode. Yeah, I, I, I highly recommend this episode, too. It, it, it does. I mean, and maybe a lot of people who love what happened in season two think it's great. I think great. I, I think that's wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But for me... This this was one of the the better episodes. I, I would put this in, in the top five episodes of both seasons because it, it was a great episode. It's, it's still a fun watch, and um, they got a lot right. I mean, they they really did. It was interesting take on Zodak, interesting take on Ratbull and Cobra Khan, and it was just kind of adding a little bit more um, depth to those characters and kind of maintaining that same kind of uh, storyline with King Hiss in the original storyline of like being trapped down within the depths of Snake Mountain and being unleashed like in King of the Snake Men, kind of, it's kind of the same thing here. Just the whole Snake Men clan themselves are, are unleashed. Yeah, so, I didn't dislike anything. There was nothing I didn't like in this episode. I just, I liked it all. Like I said, you question certain things here and there, you know, about parts or story arcs, but no, it just takes the fun out of it. It was just, it's a great episode from beginning to end. So definitely watch this but, if you haven't seen it. Can't can't say enough about Snake Pit. It really it really is. It's it's a fantastic episode. Definitely. So, all right. Well, that was our discussion on the Snake Pit. So, uh, well, Tyler, before we wrap it up, do you have anything that you want to say? Any recommendation stuff? What you got? For us? A little item my mom made for me. Uh, she makes these little painted rocks. It's a, a, a popular thing in my area where people paint rocks and hide them throughout the town at, at local parks and stuff like that. So kids and people have found them. And oh. so she make one of He-Man, like a He-Man related one. So I had her put together this oh, little sure. rock. Oh, look at your mom. I didn't know she was talented like that. That is a cool she, little rock. I'm a junkie for painting these rocks, and she just paints various things. She did like a Deadpool rock for one of my uh, sister-in-law's friends, uh, kids. And I like it. I told her, I was like, if you're going to do, you got to do like an Orco one or something, something simple. So I sent her a bunch of pictures of Orco, and she came up with this, and I was... Super stoked. I was like, I'm showing this on the podcast. That is awesome, man. I, I tell you what, do you think she can make me a Zuba Rex? I'll send her the I, picture. I, I even told her, I said, I, I could even like tell me if we'd like a, a painted rock of a He-Man character or something simple, you contact my mom. Uh, yeah. Becky, she's on Facebook. You want you want a painted rock or something like that? Just I'll show it again here for people. Can you, is it showing up? Go to the other, go um to, right there, stop, stop, right there, perfect. That is so freaking cool. I mean, could you picture that? Your mom becomes super popular for painting rocks and selling them. She could make a ton of damn money. Oh, my God. This is genius. She should make her own Facebook page saying, um, Masters of the Universe painted rocks. I mean, I, I want to I do rocks. It's like, were you embarrassed doing something He-Man related on a rock? She said, no, I wasn't embarrassed because we've always been at Oz because I'm still in the He-Man. She always expected me to be out of it like 30 years ago. 
But uh, Tyler, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Tell her if she could, I would love a Zuba Rex. I'll send the picture to her. If she could make me a Zuba Rex, that would become an iconic piece in my collection. And I'm not lying. I'd put that right up there. I'd love to have Zuba Rex on a rock. I'd lose it. It'd okay. be my Zuba Rock. I, I will take it. I told her I would bring it up on the podcast and almost like joked, like, hey, people see this. Maybe they'll, they'll want uh, you know, a, a cow on a on a rock or a Lukey or they, they may want um, you know, a uh, Hell, I don't know uh, the horde symbol on a rock. You never, you never. I just, I just, I, I just coined the phrase. It's it's Zuba rocks. That's what I call it. Zuba rock. <laughs> and, if you, yeah, if you want some more rock people, you know, for your He Man collection. Oh, you lost it. Wait, you just did it. You got to have stone iron rock on painted on there. Oh, this yeah. is too much. Your mom's gonna be getting money. I to do like a full body of, of stone iron rock, but I think their faces like. Like a filmation, you know, uh, version or like a, an illustration of Stone or Rock on on these rocks. Oh, how about this? How about this? If she can find some smooth rocks, oval shapes, she could do the meteorbs too. Oh, this is this is too much. I can't take this. A lot of fun to be had here. I'll have to tell her about that. She, she'll get a kick out of that. Hey, we might even have her do one and have it be a giveaway for like some, you know, for the people here in the uh, the chat room and for the I, podcast. Do that if people in the chat room are are. are, are you know, responding to it or something like that. I, I would. Definitely... Yeah. No, there's JSP said cool rock. Jamie V said the rock art is great. So no, people think that's a great idea. They love it. That's pretty cool. So yeah, your I, mom might. All right. When I see her on Tuesday, she'll, she'll be, she'll be quite happy about that. She's so. going to be onto something. That's great. So oh, I'm glad you shared that, man. So, um, God, I lost my train of thought because that actually well, got me excited. Wrapping it up. Um, um, I don't have a question lined up for the Leech mini comic this week, so I apologize for that. Um, so I'll, I'll have, a, I'll try to have one lined up next week. Um, don't have any recommendations really. Just you know, I've enjoyed you know doing the episode, and um, I'd recommend um, you know going to uh, you know uh, popculturenetwork.com and uh, heman.org to get you know your He-Man information, things like that. Check out Axel Eminez's art, Kevin Sharp's artwork, Joe Mata's customs. Um, your mom check check out his mom's rock page on Facebook. Rebecca Becky Ag. If you if you want a He Man rock, you send her a message. Hey, your son mentioned you on the He Man podcast. You know He Man podcast. Gonna get one of you know uh, uh, Spike or you know or something like that. You know, so it, it'll be. Um, and she's she's done a pretty good job with them. But um, other than that, I I don't have a whole lot to um, you know, to plug or anything like that. There, I'm just. Uh, I yeah. think you did well enough, especially with that and everything else. Yeah, I think you did pretty well. My mom's rocks. That's that's my plug for the evening there. There you go. Love it. I love it. So, all right. Well, I wanted to thank every one of you in the chat room. It's always a blast having you. I love the interaction, all your comments and feedback yeah, and everything. Going up. I pre appreciate that. And thank you for everybody who listens to this after we've recorded it, whether you download yes. watch us on YouTube. Thank you very much for devoting your uh, your uh, time from in your day to listen to us we, we yeah we always appreciate it from live to when you listen to it later we always love it like so we love the feedback we love having you here and we always hope you have a great time when we do this so uh well i'll just say what i always say i'll say go to fansofpower.com go to popculturenetwork.com go to hemanworld.com and on facebook go to masters of the universe he-man and Shira ultimate fan group all great places all great people so until next time have a powerful day your clothes Give them to me. Now. Oh, good. I at least know that. That's Terminator. See, I didn't fail you that time. Like last week, I failed and I, I couldn't even get Masters of the Universe. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you'd bombed a Terminator also.
Yeah, that last week's was bad, but I'm still gonna say I was I was sick, man. You gotta give me some, uh, you know, some leeway. I was sick and, and, and I had a had a fever, so I didn't know what was going on. But, uh, <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining. All right. us. Till then.